Welcome to Aquifer's Educator Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Robbins. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Valerie Lang about Aquifer's Clinical Decision-Making Exam, an exam that can be used to assess students' individual abilities to make the decisions necessary to provide high-quality patient care. Dr. Lang is the Academic Director of Clinical Decision-Making Assessment at Aquifer and an Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of Rochester's School of Medicine and Dentistry. She was instrumental in the development of the exam, which is freely available to all Aquifer Internal Medicine subscribers. Welcome, Val. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. Hey, Lynn, it's great talking with you. Thank you for the opportunity. Val, before we dive into our discussion about the specifics of the Aquifer Clinical Decision-Making Exam, could you give me a brief overview of what the exam is? It is designed to assess their clinical reasoning and clinical decision-making. It is not strictly a knowledge exam, but really asks them to take the next step to make decisions about common internal medicine problems. The exam is a set of 15 patient cases for common medical problems, and the vignettes unfold sequentially. And so if for most of these cases, the students are asked two to three questions as the case unfolds, there are no trick cases here. These are, these are based on common presentations of common problems, and they're mapped to our national curriculum. So we really focus on not what do you know, but what decision would you make in a specific situation? So for example, we might present them with a clinical scenario and then ask them to establish a working diagnosis. So what is your working diagnosis at this point or your different top three differential diagnosis? Then we would ask, okay, what additional history would you gather at this point? We don't ask them what's important. We say, what would you do? And then we might ask, what tests would you order at this point? Or what intervention might you make? And, you know, at the third year medical student level, we're not asking for really complex, esoteric decisions. We're asking for just basic initial medical management on most of these problems. And so what the exam does is it provides a carefully sampled selection of common clinical problems. And so we essentially have standardized it and made sure that we're getting a good sampling across a breadth of common problems, and we're assessing just that student. So that is really kind of the niche that it's filling. You were lead author for the article published in Academic Medicine that described the validation study for this exam. And in it, you made a strong case for using the clinical decision-making exam to supplement the NBME shelf exam and is an alternative to homegrown exams, which are often not validated. Tell me more about the validation study and what you found. What we did when we um, did our validation study at eight medical schools with over 700 students is that we took their scores on the clinical decision-making exam, and we actually analyzed them and compared them to their scores on the shelf exam. Because we wanted to see, you know, are they exactly the same? Because if they are, then we're really not adding anything new. And what we found was that there was a positive correlation. So so students who did well on the shelf exam tended to do well on the clinical decision-making exam. But that correlation was weak. Um, So what that told us is that that's some additional evidence that we were assessing something different 
from what the shelf exam is assessing. And so we really designed this exam as something that could supplement the shelf exam. And we intentionally made it so that it could be delivered in a reasonable amount of time. If a school was delivering both exams in the same day, they can easily do that. The key clinical decision-making exam is only uh, 75 minutes long. We intentionally kept it down to 15 cases. So the exam incorporates a key features approach to assessment, which has a long history of use in Canada, but hasn't been widely used or adopted in the U.S. What attracted you to the key features approach to assessment? I had just been reading about Canada's uh, qualifying exam, where they have been using what's called the key features approach for decades. And um, they had some really compelling data showing that with their key features exam, which is now called clinical decision-making exam, that they had really strong correlations with what physicians actually did in practice. The way they developed the key features or clinical decision-making approach was to say, okay, let's take that clinical problem and let's ask people to distill it down to just those key clinical decisions that you must make in order to identify and resolve the problem. And those, and it turns out that for most medical problems, it actually turns out that there's about two or three that are really those crucial key clinical decisions. And the process of deciding what those decisions are is a prioritization process. And it's also a consensus process. So you've really spent about half your time when you're developing these cases is deciding what those decisions are and what's important to assess. And um, that's what we did in this consensus process. We spent about half our time deciding what the key key clinical decisions were and in revising them with feedback from each other. Then the other half of the time was actually writing that case vignette that the actual students actually see and writing the the questions and and the answer options. When you were building this exam, the way I understand it is that you really drew on your own experience of knowing where students get hung up. Yeah, and that's one of the ways that we operationalize the key clinical decisions. We think, you know, what are the critical steps, but also where are the things where a student might go wrong? It made it critical that we all, as test developers, had a lot of experience teaching students at this level. How many programs are using this exam? Right now, we have 17 programs around the country, and um, actually, there's a, a school in the Middle East also using them. And they're using them in different ways. About half are using it as a summative assessment as part of the grade. Um, Another chunk of them are using it as a formative assessment. They're giving it to the students at some point during the clerkship. And the way that we give them feedback is that they get their score on each of the particular cases. And they get the corresponding number of the aquifer internal medicine virtual patient case. So basically each assessment case is aligned with a teaching case. And if they did poorly on in assessment, then they would be basically prompted to go back and, and look at the virtual patient case that teaches some more material. I have a, a triple-barreled question. I'm curious <laughs> how your school is using it and whether you have an opinion about whether this should be formative or summative. Well, you know, it was designed as a summative exam. And um, I think that that's probably where it's optimized is using it summatively. However, I'm really intrigued by the fact that so many schools have found creative ways to integrate it into their assessment program, and they're continuing to do that. And um, we even have our school, which has actually started using it on the first day of the sub-I, which is kind of like, you know, 
as opposed to the end of the clerkship, your first day, you're just sub-I, it's probably the next time you're doing internal medicine. So it's kind of intriguing to think about giving the students a gauge of where they stand that first day and also prompting them to start thinking about the problems that they're going to see on their sub-I and maybe even motivate them to, to study about their patients even a little bit more deeply. What advice would you give other programs who might be considering using the exam? So a few things. Um, so I think um, the first step is to look at your overall program of assessment that you currently have for your clerkship and look at what are the different types of assessments that you use? What are What is it that you're assessing with them? And then where are your gaps? What, what need are you trying to fill? And I think where this optimally, optimally fills a need is if you have a program where in your clerkship, it's really important to assess that your students are achieving a level of clinical decision-making for common problems, yet it's challenging to assess that. Um, and it can be challenging for a number of reasons. You know, often those clinical evaluations consist of faculty or, and or residents assessing what they see from a student, which may be a note and maybe an oral presentation. And those notes and oral presentations may reflect in part that individual student's work, but often it actually reflects that student's conversations that they had with their intern, the information that the another physician or consultant put into the chart and that they've incorporated into their note. It doesn't always necessarily reflect that student's actual clinical decision-making, but the team, which is okay, but it also means that we're not getting a good, clean assessment of what the student is thinking. The other challenge is if you have your student in a setting where they don't get assessed reasoning through multiple different patient problems, you might, for example, have them for three weeks on a cardiac unit. And so you only are able to assess them with some cardiac problems, or that's the only time that the attending was present in order to actually assess the student's reasoning was for a limited number of problems. Yeah. So use this exam if you want a really good gauge of how an individual student can work through a variety of medical problems yeah. that yeah. have been curated, so to speak, by experts. Yeah. And, and these are all based on the Aquifer Internal Medicine curriculum, which is based on our national CDIM curriculum. So there's nothing esoteric here. So it's bread and butter. I mean, you re- it would assure you a level of clinical competence. That's what we're going for with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the last thing that's really important is, is orienting students to the approach because the format is different. It's not what they're used to seeing with um, USMLE questions on step one. It's not what you, they're used to seeing on the shelf exam where there's a single best answer. And so this one's different. And um, so I think orienting them to that ahead of time is really important. So they don't get rattled by the fact that we're asking them to make decisions that are actually more similar to what they're going to get asked on rounds. And it's very interesting because in our pilot study, we actually asked students, you know, what their impressions were of this exam and how would they study differently if this were part of the grade. And what they told us was this feels more like the things that we talk about on rounds. And if I had to study for this for part of my grade, I would actually study more about my patients and do more patient cases, which was really encouraging. That's what we want them to do. We want them to learn from their patients. Well, it reinforces what's important. 
Yeah. And that gets back to the whole way the exam is designed because we very intentionally and deliberately spent a lot of time deciding, okay, what is important to assess? And that's not just one person's decision. That is the accumulation of many, many medical educators from around the country deciding what is important and what we really need our students to know and be able to do. So Val, you've shared so many compelling reasons for integrating this exam into an overall program of assessment. I really appreciate your taking the time to speak with us. Lynn, it was really a pleasure talking with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to share all this great work that we've been doing. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week for Aquifer's Educator Connection podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion about Aquifer's clinical decision-making exam. Show notes from today's episode with additional links and resources are available on aquifer.org. There you can also find information about our podcast series, our Teaching Perspectives and Pearls blog, and our webinar and web shops. You can subscribe and listen to the series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter to keep up with the latest news. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast, tell a colleague and leave us a review. Until next time, be well. The Aquifer Educator Connection Podcast is a product of Aquifer, your trusted source for clinical learning. It is produced and hosted by Lynn Robbins. The show's executive producer is Eileen Olszewski. Audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Show artwork by Carrie Waters. Our theme music, Little Idea, is written and performed by Scott Holmes. For more information, please visit our website, www.aquifer.org.